So I, I mentioned um, a couple weeks ago that I lost my glasses. These are reading glasses for my working station. Um, and uh, I was out kayaking and rolled over and made a donation uh, to the uh, bottom of the Manistee River. Um, and uh, at the time, I really didn't think it was that big of a deal. You know, annoying, kind of expensive. But uh, um, I have since learned that uh, my eyes are not as good as I thought they were. And, uh, and that those lenses make a big difference uh, in how I see the world. And over the years, I've also learned that your lenses, metaphorically speaking, make a big difference in how you read the scriptures. So for most of my life, I looked at this gospel lesson, uh, this account of Jesus walking on the water uh, as, a, as a lesson about faith, a lesson about what I could do if I believed enough, if I have strong enough faith, if I, if I could just trust Jesus the way that, that Peter did, then maybe I could walk on water too. Or if not walk on water, I, I could accomplish something great. But now I, I, I think I've been looking at this through the wrong lens. And I think lots of people have looked at this event through the wrong lens. You see, I don't think this lesson is primarily about me or you. The more I read the Bible, the more I learn that all of this is about Jesus first and foremost. And then because Jesus loves you and, and me, we get swept up into his story. Does that make sense? Are you with me so far? All right, because this might stretch you a little bit. There's a temptation when we read the Bible uh, to, to see it as instructions for morality, guidance for relationships, principles for a, a righteous life so that you or I could do what God wants and in so doing that we would make him happy. And if our lens focuses on ourselves, maybe, that, maybe that's the lesson that we get from the Bible. But if our lens focuses on Jesus, maybe we'll see that God's word is about something greater than our behavior. It's actually about his love, his salvation, his mercy for you and me and for the whole world. And that he has drawn us into that saving work. So let's take a look at Jesus as he walks on the water. Now, we promise me something that later today you will get your Bible, whether it looks like this or you know, an actual paper copy, and you'll read Matthew 14. That's where our gospel lesson comes from today. I noticed that none of you said yes, so okay. So later today, please get this, because there's a, a much bigger context going on. You, you kind of need to see the full account because this actually begins with Jesus getting bad news. King Herod had executed John the Baptist. 
And, and the reason they're in the text and uh, it's unsavory uh, as uh, anything in the Bible um, got to Jesus and, and Jesus decided that, that he needed to get away for a bit. Get away from the crowds. I suspect he was trying to get away to grieve. And in his grief to connect with his father in prayer. But when he got to that deserted place, the crowds had already gotten there ahead of him. And Jesus had compassion on them, right? That was last week's scripture lesson. He had compassion on them, so he healed them. He taught them. He fed them five loaves of bread and two fish, right? And it's only now, after going across the lake, after having compassion, after feeding everybody, that he finally gets to do what he wanted to do. And so he sends the disciples away, orders them, get in the boat. You ever do that, like with your kids, just go away? He dismisses the crowd. Talks, you know, go, go, go. And then he goes up on the mountainside to pray. See how Jesus stays connected with the Father. They are united. United in their essence and uh, you know, because they're God. One God, three persons. Uh, they're united in purpose. They're united in love. It, it isn't just that the Father is determined to save the world through Jesus' death and resurrection. Jesus' compassion makes him determined to save the world, to save you through the cross and the, the empty tomb. And the Spirit is united in love with the Father and the Son to deliver Jesus' salvation to you. And Jesus' purpose is not complete yet in this reading. And he sees the disciples out on the lake. They're struggling, battling the wind and the waves. So having prayed, having done what he came to do, he went out to them, walking on the water. A display of his divine power that the liquid would solidly hold him up. And when the disciples saw Jesus, they were terrified. Not just a little bit scared. They're, they're terrified, thinking that he's a ghost. And they, they, they recognize there is supernatural power going on right there in front of us. But they came to the wrong conclusion as to where the source of that supernatural power came from. And so Jesus reveals himself. He speaks to them in their fear. Now, let's pause on that for just a moment. What should we do when Jesus speaks? We should listen, right? And when the Bible talks about uh, listening to God, this also means believing and obeying. You know, it isn't that we just listen to God's word. We, we take it to heart. And we receive his words. And so, what did Jesus say to the disciples in the boat? 
Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Do you notice anything in those three points about walking on water? Do you notice anything in those three points about doing anything miraculous or incredible? He tells them, take heart. I am here. Do not be afraid. And that's a good message for us to hear today in a moment of fear and danger. In a moment of, of pandemic, it was an even better message for them as, as they're afraid for their lives. Jesus comes to them and says, I am here. And did the disciples listen? Did they believe? Nope. At least Peter didn't. Peter wanted proof. Maybe you can relate to that. You know, God, I trust you, but could you just, you know, a little something to help me know? And Peter wants something a little bit more. Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Time out. If this thing walking on the water is an evil ghost like they thought at first, what would keep such a demonic being from saying to Peter, yeah, come Think about that for a second. You know, there's nothing. So, you know, good thinking, Pete. Uh, so Peter is actually doing what Jesus refused to do when Jesus was tempted by the devil. Peter puts the Lord his God to the test. And Jesus, Jesus is patient with Peter. Jesus is patient because he's compassionate with all of his doubts, with all of our doubts. And he says, come. And so Peter got out of the boat and he walked on water. Cool. Wow. It's already been done, hasn't it? Jesus was there doing that very thing, but he didn't listen to Jesus' words. Take heart. Right there where you are in the boat, in trouble, take heart. I am here. I am with you always. I will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. In the middle of the storm, the wind howling, the waves pounding, confronted with supernatural experience that... Your mind can't even wrap itself around. Do not be afraid. So Peter walked on water. And he also saw the wind and the waves. And he became afraid. Did not take heart. And he sank. And that's when Peter did probably the smartest thing he did in the whole reading. Cried out, Lord, save me. And he did. I think Peter is just a powerful picture of the human condition. We hear God's word, we don't want to trust it. We want some kind of proof. We, we want something just a little bit more. And Jesus says, I'll give you my word. 
I'll tell you what I've done. And when you cry out to me, I'll save you. Because I love you. Because I'm compassionate. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And is it because we call out that we're saved? No. It's because that's what God does. Jesus saves Jesus saves sinners. Saves you and me. And because he saves, we cry out, Lord, save me. Jesus asked Peter a thought-provoking question when he saved him. He says, oh, you of little faith. Now, when you hear that, um, a a lot of times people are like, you know, Jesus is kind of pounding on Peter at that moment. It's really not as harsh as it sounds in English. Um, You know, it's kind of a, you know, why are you being a knucklehead type of a thing? You know, not, you know, really, you know, getting after him. You know, why did you doubt? Do you ever feel like you are drowning in this world? Floundering to keep your head above water with all the fears and trials and struggles that we face? If your lens is focused on you, your capability, your strength, your power to weather the storm, if you're wise, there will be doubts. But if your lens is focused on Jesus, the one who walks on water and calms the storm, we take heart because he's with us. And we need not fear even if the world drowns us because he has saved us. Friends, Jesus has spoken to you in his word. He has proclaimed his love and forgiveness to you. He's delivered his death and resurrection to you through his word by connecting that word to to water in baptism for you to go down in and come back up alive. He feeds you with his own body and blood, a rich and final Passover feast for your forgiveness. And where there's forgiveness, there is life and salvation. But we're in the storm, aren't we? We haven't been taken out of the world. Jesus hasn't said, peace, be still. The waves are still rocking the boat. We're in the midst of the turmoil of life. We have economic concerns. There are fears for our health. And there is conflict in our country over politics and racism and injustice. These fears, they creep into our hearts. They get into our homes and they can impact our love for one another and our compassion for others. Hear what Jesus says. Take heart. I am with you. Do not be afraid.
He's not saying that the situation isn't hard. He's not telling you to hitch up a grin and, uh, and just kind of pretend like nothing's wrong. His presence tells us there is more. The storm will end. We will arrive safely on the other side. Even death cannot defeat us because, because of Jesus. Because the story of our lives is now wrapped up in what he has done. Entering our storm. Walking on the water to come to us. We need not fear the outcome of our lives because Jesus, our Savior, hears our cry. Lord, save me. And he will, even as he already has. And a day will come when, just like the disciples in the boat, we will fall at his feet and worship him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. We, we believe that right now, right? Jesus is the Son of God. But we're going to know that in a whole new way when we see him face to face. The story's about Jesus. Listen. Listen to how he loves you. Listen to how he saves you. Listen to what he promises you. Listen. Take heart. He's with you. Do not be afraid. Repent and believe the good news. Amen.